1: MIDI clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
0: Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Geek. This is Phil Hey, this is Robin Taylor, aka
1: The Hillman Scott. You are listening to t Cry Live. And here we go. Wow, good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10 we have a little bit of a long title for this episode but that's okay it's going to be the top 10 roles you didn't expect an actor to excel in to kind of go a little bit further into that the explanation is say there's an actor who is primarily known for playing one sort of part and get a role and you really were like, Yeah, I like that character um I like that actor but I don't know if I could really see them in that part. But then you see the movie or T V show and you're like, Yes, that person nailed it. So that's what we're gonna be doing today. As always, I am your host Tia and I have the amazing Brittany with us today. Brittany, how are you doing? I'm doing amazing. I feel like I I just talk and there'll be this applause of oh yes. (laughs) <laughs> you know, one day, um, I'm not overly familiar with switchboards or anything, still kind of learning, but one day I'm just going to implement an applause factor. So as soon as I introduce people, it's like, ah, ah, <laughs> to like a soundboard. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know if anyone's ever been to a live show of one of those daytime talk shows or whatever, but they actually have people well, a person standing in the corner kind of telling the audience when to applause or when to, aww. So I'm just going (laughs) to do that. I'm going to do that one day. It's going to happen. But Brittany, are you excited about this list today? I mean, what did you feel when I said, hey, this is going to be our topic? I was very excited, but I was like, man, I was like, I got to sit there and see because, you know, I sometimes don't... uh, I go in with such an open mind sometimes that sometimes I'm like, I'm either uh, really like just happily surprised or I'm like, well, I didn't expect much, so I'm not disappointed. (laughs) You know, I have to give props for that. I think it's always good to walk in with an open mind, unfortunately. When we like an actor, we're so used to them being in something, we kind of have this preconceived notion in our head, which kind of messes with it. But that's why I thought that this topic would be a good, uh, good one for today. So I think Brittany and I are going to kind of kick off the list. We are expecting Leo to be joining us at some point, but I think I'm. So normally, I like to let my guests go first, but I'm sorry, Brittany. I'm going to take the top ten spot. Today, because I think that this will be a good topic for us to transition to. So, are you ready, Brittany? (laughs) I'm ready. Okay, so my number 10 pick is going to be John Burnsall in Sweet Virginia as Sam Rossi. Um, (laughs) And I am picking this. I'm picking this because I know that Brittany knows the subject, so we're good here. Um, if you are a John Bernthal fan or if you've seen a few of his stuff, you kind of have this little bit of a notion that he always plays these rough and tough guys. I mean, after all, we have him as The Punisher, which came out last Friday. If you guys haven't seen season two, it was awesome, but I digress. He's played the Punisher. He's played Shane on The Walking Dead. He's had multiple roles that are kind of in that realm, and everyone really thinks of him like that. And it's funny because the other day, I believe it was Friday, I had a a show, Geek Vibes uh, Review, with some of the boys at Geek Vibes Nation. We were talking about the Punisher Season 2, and they were kind of joking how, you know, John Burnsall's always getting these roles. If a movie or TV show needs someone similar, it's like, I'll oh, give John Burnsall a call. But about, I think, two years ago in 2017, there was this independent movie that came out called Sweet Virginia, starred John Burnsall and Chris Abbott. And Burnsall completely plays a character that you would never expect him to. He plays this character, Sam Rossi, who was. A former rodeo star who got injured one day and kind of has early uh, onset Parkinson'. so he's very meek, he's very shy, his hands shake. Um, he owns a motel in Alaska called Sweet Virginia. And there's at some point in the movie where a lot of people are complaining about guests in one of the rooms because they're yelling constantly. And he has to go confront them, and he has his head down, and he's shaking, and he's so meek, and the, the guy who he's trying to confront closes the door on him. And we all know that if that were Frank Castle or Shane Walsh, that conversation would have gone a different direction, but it didn't because Sam Rossi is just not that kind of guy. So it really was a role that no one really expected him in, and I had even... Read these reviews at some point. That with Chris Abbott coming in, they really you would have expected that the roles would have been reversed because Chris Abbott plays like this dangerous hitman, and so you would have expected that Chris would be Sam and John Bernthal would be the other character, which kind of is blanking right now. But anyway, so John Bernthal really played a character that you just would never have expected him to. And I thought personally that. He excelled in it. Dan Rossi is one of my favorite characters of John Burnside. If you haven't seen Sweet Virginia, I would highly suggest watching it because it's just a great movie. It's a little independent film, so it's not, you know, a huge blockbuster or anything like that. But as far as the story that it tells, and again, John Bernthal just does an amazing job. So that is going to be my Number 10 pick um, for this list today. Brittany, do you want to give me your opinion? I was about to say you know how much I love Sam Rossi in that movie. I was <laughs> going to say I, I do love that scene because you really do expect that, you know, John Bernthal plays always these aggressive characters. You know, he's a villain. He's the one that's, like, murderous, you know, Frank Castle. Even Brax and The Accountant, like, he's always doing stuff that you were talking about where, you know, he goes to handle the guy that's, like, a, the loud tenant and with his, uh, he ends up, uh, the guy's abusive. And you think, oh, you know, Sam Russell's just going to kick his butt. They're going to, you know, get into it. And it's like, no, he, he's small <laughs> with an S-M-O-L. But, uh, and just to see you that feeling is so bad for him and you know you don't it's hard to get that feeling when normally you see like oh he's so beefed up you know nobody going to see him in such like a vulnerable role it's like very unexpected
0: but he like he
1: kills it i think so and it's funny because there's even a follow-up scene to him confronting the neighbor because again people are complaining um I think you're right, Brittany, that it was that the guy was being very abusive to his wife. And so Sam goes to confront him again. And he's so angry that he tries to get into a fight with the guy, but he can't even make a proper fist because his hands shake so much. And he ends up getting his ass beat. And really, just that was a great, great role um, for John Bernzal to really show that he has acting range and to kind of prove to people that he doesn't always have to play these rough and tough roles. I mean, listen, we love them. Obviously you mentioned Brax from the accountant, which was also a great movie, but, um, roles like Sam Rossi, I think are something that, you know, don't John Bernthal out when it comes to those type of roles, because he can certainly do it. I don't know if you know this, Brittany, but I think that he would I could have sworn at some point I felt that he wanted to play, like, a romantic lead in a movie. I think I think they should give that to him, yes. right, Hollywood? <laughs> right. I think it was like, they were like, he was like, yeah, but with a face like this, you don't exactly get romantic leads. <laughs> but I don't know. Hollywood is recognizing him more and more for being a good-looking guy because I told you that the uh, latest episode, the latest season for The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt came out this past Friday, and he is in it, right? And the one of the main characters is, describes him as a complete beefcake, a muscle daddy, and a solid 10. So people are... <laughs> <pressing those. laughs> you know what, Brittany? Screw this top time. We're just going to talk about John Bernthal the whole time. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um But... <laughs> <laughs> what was that last part you said? I said screw the top ten. We're just going to talk about John Burnside the whole time. <laughs> I know I going not make it a John Burnside episode. At this point, that's might as well would it be. But anyway, so that is my top ten choice. If you're just listening in, it is going to be John Burnside as Sam Rossi in the movie Sweet Virginia. So, Brittany, I am going to hand this over to you to give us your number nine. I was gonna say I we've discussed this one a lot, and the first one, the first thing that came to mind when you, when you brought up this uh, topic for the top ten was uh, Paul Rudd as Ant Man,
0: because <laughs> we
1: sat there because you know you you Paul Rudd had played you know romantic con- comedies constantly, constantly, and you think man, you're like. You're bringing him into Marvel, you know. How how well is he going to play Ant-Man? How, how well is he going to play a Marvel hero? And it's like he kills it. He kills it because so many people were like, "Why well, I don't want to see Ant-Man literally... Ant-Man of all the characters they could have made a movie about you know people are saying oh we don't even have a Black Widow movie yet and we have Ant-Man and it's like I have thoroughly enjoyed every Ant-Man and most of it's because just Paul Rudd playing Ant-Man when you're like oh he couldn't be a hero he couldn't be you know a, a, a costumed hero and it's like he kills it he kills it with the humor, with his daughter, you know, it's just like, I did not expect it, and very much because, you know, Paul Rudd had already played all these, you know, he's very typecasted. He was always typecasted, and it's like, oh, suddenly he's playing Ant-Man, and he's killing it. It's funny, because when I was thinking of uh, parts, I would have never even thought about this uh, choice, but I'm so happy that you picked him because you're right. When it was first announced that Paul Rudd was going to be Scott Lang in Ant-Man, people were confused. This is the first time, really, that they brought an actual comedian in to play a role, and I think that people were kind of a little skeptical about having him in the MCU, but I could not even imagine anyone else playing uh ant-man at this point as you said he's killing it um he's so great in the role every i enjoyed ant-man i enjoyed ant-man and the wasp i enjoyed uh his role in captain america civil war i'm so excited to see him in avengers endgame it's going to be a really great time that's such a great choice because it's like we really didn't expect the performance that we got from Paul Rudd, and he had, as you see, he has definitely taken this role seriously, he's in shape, he has, you know, really just embodied uh, Ant-Man, this is a, honestly, Brittany, I'm blown away, because I would have never expected this for this list, but I'm so happy that you even picked it. Yeah, well, because I was sitting there, and I was like, you know, with romantic comedies people normally don't get to really show their acting chops. They're like, Oh, I'm a pretty face and I'm funny. That's literally all I have to do. And to so see him to do a role that yeah, it's still funny, but it's like it takes way more acting chops to do something with like the Marvel universe than like a straight to D V D romantic comedy. Exactly. Um, yeah. For for this number nine to do Paul Rudd and Ant-Man, I'm so happy that you picked it. And I'm really looking forward to him in Endgame. Have you watched the trailer to that, by the way, at the end when he's kind of like, hey, it's me, guys, you know, let me in. Yeah, when they're like, oh, is this a recording? And it's like, you really don't expect it because, like, you know, with everything that happened at the end of Ant-Man 2, you're like, oh, hey, What are you doing here? We thought you were basically dead or worse than dead. (laughs) Exactly. So I think that is going to be really great. Um, Just to kind of interject here, we are going to welcome Leo onto the show. Leo, thanks for joining in. Hey, hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. (laughs) <laughs> um leo so we have britney on the phone as well and we have been starting off the top 10 roles you didn't expect an actor to excel in um it's perfect actually that you called in we just did the number 10 and the <laughs> uh, the number 10 and the number nine just to kind of catch you up a little uh for number 10 i picked uh john Burnsall as sam rossi in sweet virginia which if you've not seen the movie, it's oh, actually Oh, a... yeah, that's
0: great.
1: Thank you. And um, Brittany picked uh, Paul Rudd in Ant-Man because uh, he, you know, this was kind of at the time that they cast him to have a comedian actually introduced within the MCU. I remember even people were a little skeptical about him and his inclusion. So, and as now we've come to realize we love Paul Rudd as Ant-Man. So... Leo, do you kind of want to comment on those two choices?
0: Great choices. I definitely agree with uh, Paul Rudd. Um, I remember going into Ant-Man, I was like, uh, what? Um, I I do like Paul Rudd as an actor, especially from, like, Wet Hot American Summer and some of the past roles he's done. But I definitely didn't see him as, like, a superhero. I'm like, uh, this guy is way too funny and goofy. And not that that's a bad thing, but... I was just like, I don't know if this guy can play a superhero. He just kind of plays a dumbass a lot of the time, or a badass and red hot. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> great, great, great performance in Ant Man and the Wasp, especially. I really like the dynamic between him and uh, Evangeline Lilly. So great, great job, great choices.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He, I, I love the dynamic between him and Ant Man and the Wasp. I really hope that we get to see her again, you know, spoiler alert again, what happened at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, Hopefully we'll get her back, but yeah. So actually again, Leo, it's great that you called in when you did, because you're going to get the number eight
0: spot. Ooh, we calling into the hot seat. All right. Um, My pick for number eight is Charlie Cox with Daredevil. Um, As far as I know, Before Daredevil, Charlie Cox was kind of no name. Um, I didn't see him in anything, in in really any big budget, anything. So I I had absolutely no faith, especially after the Ben Affleck Daredevil. I was like, oh, my God, they're really going to try again to ruin this character. So I had absolute zero faith in Charlie Cox. I thought it was going to be another dud. I was like, why are they even making it into a series so it could be just just as lame as the movie, and I seen that first episode, and I was immediately impressed. Like holy shit, he is like a badass lawyer and a badass superhero, both in one. Uh, he really plays like the the best part about his portrayal is that is he really portrays the struggle very well between you know being Daredevil and being Matt Murdock, um, and I think that a lot of superheroes and a lot of uh, actors kind of miss the mark on that because I think an important theme in, superhero- in being a superhero is that struggle between having a normal life and balancing that with having to fight crime on the streets. And you really see that in Daredevil, especially season three, where he's just like, I'm not even going to be Matt-, Matt anymore. I'm just going to go full-time Daredevil. And he just, he portrays it very well. And he puts a lot of effort into it because he actually paid to have those red sunglasses uh, altered so he could be, it could be like, look like as a blind person. Sorry, gosh, I, I just woke up. But uh, he tinted those red sunglasses to, ha- to make himself blind, basically. So he really put himself in a role to play as a blind person. And that's not easy. Um, and his stuntman is just crazy, crazy in the mask. I mean, wow, that black suit. I thought they could have blended the black and the red suit, to be honest, in season three, but that's a conversation for another day. But I'm definitely going on Charlie Todd's Daredevil. I just, I mean, going into it, coming down from Ben Affleck's Daredevil, seemed like it was a bad idea. He was a no-name, but he really has done well so far, and, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm not going to give up on Daredevil. I know it's been quote-unquote canceled, but I'm not giving up on my
1: Daredevil. <laughs> um, I'm not giving up on Daredevil either. Hashtag save Daredevil completely. Like, we, I don't know if you know this, Leo, but um, I think Rotten Tomatoes just voted for Daredevil as like the show of 2018. So everyone's recognizing it, and I love this choice because, I I had never heard of Charlie Cox before Daredevil, and now I think he is, like, the cornerstone of, like, the Marvel, Netflix, MCU. He is, like, the Iron Man. Um, everything rests on his shoulder. We kind of, you know, he is the forefront, and his acting abilities are so amazing. Um, in Season 3 of Daredevil in Episode 4, where, you know, he has to play – a he's like a blind guy who has to play, you know, a, a see, you know, someone who can see, and it's so believable, it's so believable, and I'm like, this is just like quint, like peak, peak acting. Um, Charlie Cox is just so good as his role, and as you said, we had Ben Affleck as Daredevil, and that was just terrible. I went back and looked at like clips and I was like, wow, this is bad. So to kind of go from that and really just give us what fans have probably always wanted which is just amazing um Brittany what do you feel about Leo's choice I really like it because one like Tia said I had never even heard of Charlie Cox so whenever Tia at first year she was getting into Daredevil and I was like uh you know I don't I don't think it's something I'm just going to jump into watching and then when we ended up when I saw her and we ended up watching I was like man this is really good like the whole time I watched him I was like this man's really blind like there was no part where I was sitting there and I was like oh this is a seeing man you know playing a blind man I was like this guy legitimately feels blind so even though He does it so well that even when I'm watching him do interviews or watch him speak and he's, like, looking around, it, like, throws me off. I'm like, wait a second, what are you doing? You don't see. So he really is, like, a great method actor. And one of those things that if someone was sitting there casting it and, you you have these room of, like, possible actors, he's probably one of the least likely that I'd sit there and go, man, he's just really going to, like, knock it out of the park to actually see it and go, man, I can't see anybody else playing Daredevil now. Like, anything else is just an imitator. So, I really enjoy that, though. I really enjoy him.
0: Yeah, he's a a great actor.
1: He is, and, um, you know, Charlie is British, and to really just kind of nail down an American accent as well. So, this guy not only has to pretend that he's blind and he does it so believably and then has to put on the American accent the whole entire time. I mean, the talent that Charlie has, I am not, I am not giving up hope for another daredevil. So Leo, that was a great choice for the number eight to be Charlie Cox in daredevil. I'm going to pick the number seven. And so uh, my, all right, I'm just going to come out with it. I'm going to do Pablo Schreiber as William Lewis in Law and Order S.D.U. And, oh, then, I don't know if you, <laughs> I don't know if you are familiar, but <laughs> um, first of all, so my only real introduction to Pablo Schreiber was on Orange is the New Black, where he plays Pornstache, which is a, a completely – ridiculous character not only because of the freaking mustache but every episode he is just over the top like the comments that he makes the you know e- everything so that was my only uh, introduction to Pablo Schreiber and I had stopped watching Loan SVU for a while ever since Christopher Maloney like jumped off and when I went back to start watching it and watching the episodes where Pablo is playing the serial killer rapist, the William Lewis, like completely blew me out of the water. The way that, the, and I know it's like, it's acting, guys. Of course, they can be two different roles, but to really, you know, that you just kind of think of this actor as one character in the Netflix series Honors New Black, and for him to completely scare the shit out of you in Law and Orr SVU. I mean, he played a bad man, a really, really bad man who was just dangerous, uh, smart, cunning, manipulative. And I really don't think that SBU has had a villain like they had in William Lewis. And it was also a different direction for the show to really take because the show... Every episode is really different. They deal with a different uh, perp every episode. But William Lewis was in about, I believe, four of them, and it was an ongoing storyline. And they really, they did it a few times after that, but none of them have really stuck the way William Lewis has. And it was just, it was frightening. And so that's going to be, my number seven pick. I'm going to shoot over to Brittany because she is very familiar with the character. So, what do you think, Brittany, of my pick for number seven? Oh, man. Like, I was going to say William Lewis is one of those characters that you talked about, and I was like, oh, no, I'm having flashbacks. I'm having flashbacks to the episodes and how awful he was. I think that's a great pick because. With Pablo, you know, even on Instagram, he's always smiling. He's always happy. He's a very carefree guy, very of the world. And then you see him, you know, rapist, serial killer, monster. Like, he's so well known that there's this uh, guy I work with, and he watches Law & Order SVU, like, every day at lunch. And I sat there, and I said, do you remember William Lewis? And he just looks at me with the sheer, like, are you stupid face, because how could you forget William Lewis? And I don't think any other character brings up that kind of emotion, especially in Law & Order fans. So for him to play it so well that, you know, people are still sitting there and going, yeah, that was a bad, bad man, I think is really, even with us watching it, I don't normally get scared with those kind of shows. I'm like, this is fiction, to actually watch him and go, you know what? I think I can sleep with the lights on. I think I'm okay never watching these episodes again. I, so for me, I think yes, he he definitely blew it out of the park. I don't think anybody else could have done it better. Where he he has such like emotion in his face, like when like those ticks, like the the tilt of the head, like the eyebrows like tilting a certain way. Like he very much like became that character and I really don't think I couldn't imagine anybody else playing it. And it's funny because, you know, Pablo was still young. Like, I mean, he is still young. But, you know, I don't think anybody else really saw him coming out of the gate to become this, like, supervillain of the FBU universe. Right. And it's funny. So not too long ago, I suggested to my parents that they watch this movie, 13 Hours, which is a really fantastic movie and I was talking to my dad, and he was like, yeah, I really liked it, yada, yada, and I was like, you know who the guy who played Tonto was, right, and he goes too, and I was like, well, you know, he was on Law and Order, and he was like, who did he play, and I was like, William Lewis, and he was like, no way, no way did that guy play that villain, like, it blew his mind that that was even the same person because of uh, the sheer impact of William Lewis within the SVU uh, universe. So he he just really like, holy shit, great, great role. Um Leo, are you familiar
0: with this role? Um, not super familiar, I'll say. I, I I'll admit uh, unpopular opinion. I like criminal intent better than uh special victims unit. So I, I kinda remember watching a little bit of SU but Oh, man, I don't have uh, enough knowledge to really weigh in on this one, but I, I trust both of you that he's a great villain <laughs> for the Special Victims <laughs> Unit. My dude on SVU was always iced tea. Yes,
1: love
0: iced t yo. I'm like, hey, like, I, I think of whenever I think of SBU, I think of the lady who plays Olivia and Ice-T, man. Those are just my two, yo, and that old man with the glasses. Um. But yeah, I don't I don't have too much knowledge to weigh in on this one, admittedly. I'm, but I'll trust you. I trust you too.
1: Well, if you are ever, you know, on Hulu and you're looking to kind of see a scary role that Pablo plays, uh, it's the end of season 14 and a few episodes throughout season 15. He just fucking kills it. But I also have to agree with Leo, I see the man. Like, thank God he's still on SCU, just to kind of, you know, let you know, Leo, the guy with the black glasses is not on it anymore. But I see is definitely oh, no. killing it. Yeah. <laughs> just watch uh, his life. Oh man with the gray hair, he's gone. Yeah. He he retired in season fifteen. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> oh man, I like that guy. Damn. Yeah. Okay, well.
1: Him and I see had a good uh, a good thing going with each other, but I haven't really watched a whole lot of Criminal Intent just because it's really not available anywhere. Like I'd like to watch it just because Vincent D'Onofrio is in it, um, young Vincent D'Onofrio with hair. But so I well, haven't really it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, that is going to be my. Uh, what what are we on seven? Right. That is going to be my number seven. Okay? Number six. I'm going to have to go with Shia LaBeouf and Fury. Only for the Ooh. sheer fact, I, Shia LaBeouf had been going through such a rough patch. To me, you know, I grew up with Ethan Steven. You know, we had the Transformer movies. We had, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of the others. You know, he was in Holes you know, and he always plays, like, these goofy, fun-loving characters, and, you know, he had his big breakdown, so, you know, when, like, brought, went to the movie theater to see Fury and Shia LaBeouf, like, showed up at first, I, like, rolled my eyes, I was like, really, really, this guy, and, like, a World War II movie, and, you know, he plays Bible, but, I loved him in it. It really like renewed something like my faith in him, where I was like, man, he actually can act. He's not just, you know, the whiny baby, where it's like, oh, he's very, like, highly overestimating himself. I think he's cocky, but I do think he has the acting chops, and I found him very enjoyable in Fury playing Bible, where he's just like, you know, he plays a a very religious uh, southern man, you know, he's very, like, by the book, you know, and he, either is that conflict because, you know, oh, he's very religious. He wants to see his wife, you know. Him and uh, Dom have a very close relationship, but I really felt for it. I saw like, past the Shia LaBeouf face to, like, oh, I actually relate with this character. He's actually, I'm actually enjoying this. And like, I like the Transformer movies, but that's a subject for another day. Brittany, solid choice. I want to tell you that Theory, like, I don't know, it put, it, it like, transformed something inside of me when it came to Shia LaBeouf. I, all of a sudden, became this, like, massive Shia LaBeouf fan because I hated his character in the Transformers movies. I'm just going to put that out right now. He was this whiny little thing, and he was in Lawless, and he was still a whiny little thing, but it kind of, like, you know, did well for the storyline in Lawless, but still, wouldn't ever expect him in that sort of role where he plays, like, I want to say more of an adult, I guess. Um, and in Fury, he really kind of plays the um, voice of, uh, oh my God, what is it called? You know, the voice of reason. And he's kind of almost like the dad for everyone there. He's making coffee, he's giving advice, all that. Um, I-, I love this character in Fury. I'm telling you that his character, Bible and Fury, really just made me really want to watch Shia LaBeouf and, you know, become more of a fan of his. So um, definitely a solid choice for number six, Brittany. Leo, uh, give us your thoughts. Have you seen Fury?
0: I have. I don't like David Ayer, mm-hmm. but I did like Fury. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is very outside his usual role, just like you guys were saying, like, we're used to the whole, the whole even Steven, kind of immature Shia LaBeouf, if you will, and this was a lot, like, a uh, a much more mature role for him, uh, and he just, I don't know, he killed him in this movie, I'll be honest with you, uh, like I said, I don't like David Ayer that much, so I watched it one time, and I was like, alright, this is pretty good. Um, and when he came, when he finally came in I was a little bit shocked that they had chosen him for that type of character but I mean he, he really did crush it uh, as soon as you said hold Britney the theme song got stuck in my head <laughs> I'm sorry so this is a great no you're good this is a great choice um, I didn't think he did terrible in those Transformers movies Tia but I do think <laughs> that this was a lot more of a serious grounded role for him and to have Shia in a war film really just shows his range so great choice on this one
1: Yeah, I I do have to kind of like correct myself a little Shia wasn't so bad maybe in like the first two Transformers I think it was the third one that really like just left a bad taste in my mouth I don't know I didn't like him really in the Transformers but that's a topic for another day so um, uh, Brittany did number six Shia LaBeouf in Fury which i I uh, think is a great choice. Leah, what's your what's your number five?
0: Um, I'm gonna go with a recent one. Um Harry Styles in Dunkirk. I oh. really had no expectation of a boy band member being a pretty good actor. Um, I thought, you know, coming from that one direction life he was gonna be uh oh, uh oh, oh and all kind of stupid boppy shit. But he was actually a pretty surprisingly good actor, Um, held his role down, held me very interested in the movie, Um, very much just a good breakout role for him. Uh, Nolan's a great director, so that was good for him to get under the wing of somebody who knows what the hell they're doing. Uh, I just, I liked it. Um, I will say he didn't have a lot of scripted parts. But his character was the one that was just kind of like, hurry, hurry, and, like, getting everybody out of where they were. And he was just a good actor in that movie. I will say um, I, didn't, I don't like One Direction. <laughs> so, like, anything, anything to come out of that role. I thought Homeboy, like I said, I thought he was going to be singing across stages or whatnot. I honestly thought he might have been playing a performer in the Army or something. But, I mean, to make him an actual sh- soldier and, like, him depicting this hardship of really going through this, these battles. And he was just, he was a really good, really good actor in the movie. Um, And I was, I was very surprised, but I'm glad they threw him in there and I'm actually looking forward to seeing what else he's got. Uh, Maybe he can do some action or something else, but good performance from Harry Styles in that movie. And especially coming from that one direction garbage, Um, good for him to get a good role and, really, really just shine in this movie. Uh, what do you guys think?
1: Um, I, I have to say, first of all, I love Dunkirk. There's not a lot of movies that really just kind of make me uh, sit there with my jaw open because of how stark and raw it is, and Dunkirk was one of those movies, and I think that, uh, Leo, this is a great choice. I can't sit here and you know, actually really remember, uh, a lot of his role, but I never watched, as I was watching, I never thought to myself, oh, this is a guy in a boy band. Um, it was believable that he was a soldier. Right. You never looked at him. It's like, oh God, here's, you know, they, they stuck a one directioner in, uh, in Dunkirk. It wasn't like, um, I don't know, Leo, if you watch Game of Thrones, but when they threw in uh, Ed McSheeran in there for an episode, yeah. and, he, like, yeah. and, he, like, <laughs> and he, like, sang a song, and it was so out of place, and everyone was like, what the hell is
0: going on? I thought like, that... Why is Ed Sheeran yeah. singing a song in Game of Thrones? What era are we in? And,
1: <laughs> and uh,
0: honestly, everyone was, like, perplexed by that.
1: I think even Ed Sheeran was perplexed. But uh, th- that didn't happen with Harry Styles in Dunkirk. I think that he may want to really go into the direction of being a serious actor. And I think that this was a good step for him. Um, so I-, I think that was a great choice. Brittany, uh, what do you think? I was going to say, you know, I haven't seen Dunkirk yet, but, you know, I'd heard all these oh. amazing things. Oh, so I good. know, Tia, I know.
0: Was the, I don't
1: know who said that, I was, <laughs> but uh, the thing is, it's like, I didn't even know Harry Styles was in it, so to me, that speaks volumes, where it's like, it would have, I actually, I'm not sad about it, but I would have loved to go into the movie, like, to just be like, oh, hey, you know, like, not notice him being what he was, because, you know, I don't really remember much about One Direction, but I always remembered that Harry Styles reminded me of, uh, I don't know if you'll see Bob's Burger the episode where she's like, I just want to slap him. He reminds <laughs> me of that guy that she wanted to slap. So it's like, I think this would be a good opening for him. I only hear good things about Dunkirk. But so to see somebody that's just like a singer boy band, to actually, this is going to be his step into like, maturity you know his adult career life and if he blew that out of the water it's like what is there more to come like i literally haven't heard anybody go you know that guy from one direction he was awful in it and i think that speaks volumes because he is going to be more criticized for it you know he is going to be like well yeah what did you expect he was just a boy band you know singer so I am actually, I think it was six volumes that I was so shocked about it. I was like, really? Him? Really? So I well, think that's first, a great thing. First of all, Brittany, we've got to get you to watch Dunkirk. It's a fantastic <laughs> movie. Tom, Tom Hardy's in it. I mean, come on. you got to watch that. Oh, I know. Anyway. I know. <laughs> To me, Dunkirk was almost like um, The uh, the Pianist with uh, Adrian Brody. It was just one of those movies that is intense and just, uh, again, Christopher Nolan is just an amazing director. He did such a good job with Dunkirk. So, um, yeah, Leo, great choice for number five. Uh, because we're at the halfway mark, I'm going to kind of go through the list uh, quickly. So we are doing the top 10 roles you didn't expect an actor to excel in. Number 10, we did John Bernthal for his role as Sam Rossi in Sweet Virginia. Uh, number 9, we did Paul Rudd as Scott Lang in Ant-Man. Number 8, we did Char- uh, Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock in Daredevil. Number 7, we did Pablo Shriver as William Lewis in Order SCU. Number six, we did Shia LaBeouf as uh, as Bible in Fury. And number five, we did Harry Styles in Dunkirk. I don't know what his uh, character's name was, but he, uh, he did an amazing job. So great, great list, guys. Um, I am going to then kind of shoot over to myself, I guess, and uh, do number four. So my... Uh, my number four spot oh god this is a little difficult i gosh i don't even know really how to pronounce his name i feel a little bad for it but uh i am doing uh nicolaj Coster waldo uh he plays jamie waldo. lannister i'm sorry Sir waldo waldo okay um so i am doing by the way guys just uh I interject. Brittany, welcome back. Her call dropped. Uh, Welcome, Brittany. (laughs) No, it was scary. So, you know how sometimes the phone, like, it started making, like, these crazy Satan noises in my ear, and it was so loud. So loud. because you didn't watch Dunkirk. I know. I know. It's because I haven't seen Dunkirk yet. No, it was terrifying. I was like, did the podcast crash? Like, what happened? And it was just, like, Like intensifying the sound, so finally I hung up and I was like, I'll try again, because apparently Satan was like, not today. I'm telling you, I don't know what's been happening, if there's like a voodoo curse on my top ten, but the past couple of weeks I've had a little bit of technical difficulty, so hopefully that will be the last one for this show, but Brittany, I am uh, uh, doing number four, and you're going to know who I'm going to pick. I'm doing Nicolaj Coster Waldo, Waldo, Leo. Am I, what am I doing wrong here? Pastor Waldo. Coster Waldo. Okay, as money in shot caller,
0: and oh my man,
1: reason, <laughs> and my reason for this is uh, the only thing I knew this actor for was as Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones, and anyone who's a fan, we have seen that Jamie Lannister kind of transform throughout the series, but he's always playing this, you know pretty boy he's very privileged because of the family that he grew up in and he's you know a little cocky and he's having sex with a sister and all types of things but um never expected him to be in the in the role as money in shot caller and for those who may not be familiar the movie centers around him who had this really fantastic life he was quite rich and he gets into a drunk driving accident which ends up killing his best friend. And it is a little unrealistic when you think about it, because it's like he ends up getting, I think, like 10 years or something like that, or I think it was that he only got about like three years or something, and then he just kept getting into prison fights. Um, You would think that someone who has like a first offender, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he plays this like really hardcore, just like almost badass guy, and He ends up uh, joining like a white supremacy group in prison because, you know, he needs to survive and people are kind of beaten up on him because he is this, uh, you know, privileged rich guy who never really had to get his hands dirty in his life. So he ends up then, but then he rises up uh, to become a shot caller to become respected and shit like that. And then he finally gets released out of prison after being in there for a decade, and he's still kind of like, you know, this, like, really well-respected badass guy, and he's just really, really intense in this movie, and I just had to pick it because I never expected pretty boy Jamie Lannister to just be this gritty, dark, scary guy that he played in uh, Shot Caller, so... That's going to be my choice for number four. I'm going to shoot it off to uh, I'm going to shoot it off to Leo. Leo, have you seen uh, Shot Caller?
0: Yeah, freaking John Berneault uh, plays another Frank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that movie was actually really good, and I agree with you. I did not see uh, Waldo playing such a good like badass kind of gangster because you're used to him being the uptight Jamie Lannister who is you know the best sword in the, in the 70s and very much just like this kind of uppity you know very high high powered character but here you've got somebody who starts out that way is knocked all the way down back to the bottom climbs their way up to the top and then gets out of prison and is still on top like it's crazy to me when when actors can transform like that because that's such a big range. It almost re- like that kind of transformation almost reminds me of uh, Christian Bale, a little bit, even though he wasn't like physically transformed or anything. It just kind of reminded me a little bit of Christian Bale and what he does with his roles and just how he completely transforms, whether it's physically and and uh, his performance or just performance. Very good transition for um, caster Waldo, uh, and that movie is is intense. (laughs)
1: like, oh my God, he's
0: gonna die, he's gonna die, like, the whole time, so just, just a great performance from, from Waldo, and I, to be honest, after seeing Shot Caller, I was like, I really want to see more of him, um, I want to see him as, like, more of a hero, I want to see him in other kinds of roles, like, I want to see, Him in other things now. After that movie, it was it was really good. Um, almost almost passed me by, but that was a good one. Really liked it, and I like uh I like Waldo. So hopefully he acts in some other stuff. I I'm kind of nervous for him and other stars in Game of Thrones and what will happen after.
1: Yeah, I have to agree. You
0: know, Get, get more roles and and things like that.
1: Yeah, I um. Game of Thrones did finish rapping. its, uh, you know, last uh, last season, even though it hasn't aired yet. So the, these actors are kind of um, <laughs> sorry about that guys on the market essentially, and I don't think that Shot Caller probably got the recognition or even the blow up that it should have deserved because it it was an intense freaking movie, and a, a, of course I walked into it primarily for John Bernthal playing another Frank. But coming off of Game of Thrones, I also was very interested in it for Waldo because based on the tra- uh, the trailers, it just looked like a role that I never expected him in, and he really killed it. I really do hope that he gets more roles and that if, you know, uh, you know cast directors are looking, they don't just, even though, again, he's great in Game of Thrones, but I hope that he, they just don't look at that and they look at other work like, uh, like Shot Caller. Brittany, I know that you're familiar with shot callers, so tell me your thoughts on my number four pick.
0: I'm sorry, Brittany. I, I just wanted to say one more thing. That damn handlebar mustache was fucking amazing. All right, <laughs> <going>. <laughs> it
1: was great. It was great. But I was like, all right, then. <laughs> sorry, Brittany. I'm, okay. I'm, just, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> 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 No, I really really enjoyed it because, you know, I had just seen him, you know, the only thing you'd really know him by is, like, being a Lannister. So when it was like, okay, the movie starts out, and I'm like, yeah, he's still, you know, upper-class family, you know, he's warm, he's happy, he's got his family, he's got his children. And to watch him, like, the descent into just being a badass gangster where you're like, oh you're kind of turning into a monster, but I love it. Like in the best of ways, the tattoos, I was like, this is very different. And I think in a way that made him perfect for it, just because he is such a pretty boy where it's like watching him become very ruthless was pretty, like, it was shocking, but like in a good way, because that way that movie was so bloody. Cause and if y'all remember John Brenthal on his uh, final scene, that was pretty intense that was it was a movie i was not expecting for like for him to be in you know he he's not the it, when i sit there i'm like he is not the kind of uh pretty boy that just turns into like a ruthless monster and plays it well but he really actually did i always just forget the actor's name cuz he has a hard name what's the short version y'all been going with
0: Waldo.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, Waldo. Waldo. I, I can deal with that because his full name is very long, and I was sitting there, I was like, I uh, uh, stutter, stutter. I'm just going to, yeah, I'll go with that. But, no, I loved it. Maybe I actually want to watch more of Game of Thrones because at first, you know, I haven't watched a ton of Game of Thrones, so when I saw him in season one, I was like, oh, God, really, this guy? I hate this guy. And then everybody's coming out like, I love Jamie <laughs> Lannister. And I'm like, what the hell? Why? Why? Because, as I said, I only remember him from season one. So season one, Lannister is the man I'm seeing play this guy, and I'm like, what happened? What happened to you? <laughs> Yeah, he uh, Jamie Lannister obviously transforms throughout the seasons, becomes much more likable. I didn't chance him in season one, but uh, yeah, that fi- spoiler alert, I guess, for anyone who hasn't seen Shot Caller, But I was not expecting his character to kill Jon Bernthal's character in that movie. I was like, holy shit, he just didn't even like hesitate. Right. He Why? He just like went in on it because it's like holy shit. Because then you know you find out everything that he's trying to do, you know, and it all leads back to the end. And I was like holy shit. And I was watching the movie, and uh, my boyfriend Paulie was watching the movie, and he was like, damn. He was like, it's really believable that John Brinsall's character is dying right now. Like it was crazy, and like you know, money just did that. So it was really intense, and it was definitely bloody, but I, I loved it. Um, I thought it was so good. I also enjoyed uh, seeing, gosh, what is his name? I think it's like uh, Juan Pablo Raba from uh, like the first season of Narcos. He was in it. He played like a small little character, but I, I thought that movie was really badass. Um, so, yeah. Thank you guys for supporting my number four pick. Uh, I'm going to shoot over to Brittany so she can take number three. Okay, I'm gonna have to really go with uh, Tom Cruise in the Mission Impossible movies because I had never seen Mission Impossible until Mission Impossible Fallout, and all I remembered of, and I had really much. <laughs> I was gonna say i i think i had watched like the first one like all those years ago and so with uh with tom cruise you know all i remembered him as the crazy man jumping on the couch you know scientologist like a crack shot so when i watched it i literally i remember going into the theater and i was like I'm literally only here for Henry Cobble. I'm literally like, I do not expect Tom Cruise to be good. And then when I watched it, I was like, I kind of hate how he's great at this. I kind of hate that he's really like a great actor and I actually see why he's working. So it took me back watching the movie when I was like, oh my god, he's good. What happened? My whole world is being turned upside down right now in this moment. Um, I hear Leo dying on the other end, so I'm
0: to <laughs> <off> to him. <laughs> Brittany, that is a dagger to the heart. You've only seen, you haven't seen the other MIs?
1: No, I hadn't,
0: because you know, that was the thing. I didn't like Tom
1: Cruise, so I didn't want to watch them, but then when the new one came out and everybody was talking about so amazingly about it, I was like, well, okay, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch it, and I was like, I kind of want to watch the other ones now, and I kind of hate myself for it.
0: Oh, man. So Tom Cruise, uh, and this is what I hear. I'm not going to say that this is, like, true to to any extent, but I hear he's a very, like, um, picky producer in that he likes himself to be on screen a lot. He likes to run an everyday movie. Um, but I first got hooked on to Tom Cruise uh, when my dad showed me a movie when I was little. I uh, hope you guys have seen it by the name of Top Gun. Um, and after that, uh, in Risky Business, I think I've really just kind of seen him as, as that character that's just like running from explosions in every movie and, and, and jumping and doing all these crazy stunts and, and just always the action star. And he's been doing MI since 96. Um, when the first one came out, uh, so I guess I'm just, for me, I'm not as surprised, I, I guess, I, um, but, but, man, I mean, go back and check out those other Mission Impossibles, Rogue Nation was eh, but, like, the, the rest are pretty strong, uh, the second one was bad, too, don't, You could could probably skip MI2, to be honest. (laughs) You're like, like, they're all great, but skip this one and skip this one. Just focus on the first one. As a series, as a series as a whole, they're good. But a few of them are kind of, eh. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. I have
1: to agree a little with Brittany on the fact that, like, you know, I've never been the biggest fan of uh, Tom Cruise, just, I guess, on a personal level. But if there's one thing that you can say about the man, it is dedication. Because I think, from what I heard, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but he almost, like, died filming uh, Fallout because then he, like, I don't know. He broke his ankle
0: jumping during a stunt, and he broke his arm doing another one.
1: Yeah, because he... Because he, like, insists on doing his own stunts. So, I mean, you've got to give it. He may be crazy. He may be crazy in his real life, but he is a dedicated actor when it comes to these uh, these action films, and he is going to be coming out with another top stunt, So it's going to be interesting to see what yes. John does with that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,
1: but, uh, you know, I I still think that it's a good choice that, that uh, Brittany took. Tom Cruise for Mission Impossible Fallout because if you are someone who maybe is hesitant on watching his movies because of the way you feel about him, then you should just kind of like pop over and just watch Mission Impossible because it's a great movie, great action. And Henry Pavelson, and he's awesome as well. So, uh, Brittany, fantastic number
0: three. Leo, I'm going to shoot over to you so that we could uh, do the number two. Alright, um, I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here, though, and say that Tom Cruise has been to action movies for a while, so, so just saying, y'all. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I know I'm probably sounding like a, uh, I'm sounding super repetitive, but I gotta go Hugh Jackman Wolverine. Like, that's one I think that all of us can probably say never, ever saw him being a good Wolverine. He was too tall, he was not bulky enough, he didn't have an accent, he didn't smoke the cigars, right? I mean, like, if you watched that X-Men animated series as a kid and you uh, read a lot of the X-Men comics, you were disappointed too. And he didn't appear in the yellow suit, and I just, he was (laughs) too pretty looking, he was too dashing. Like, Hugh Jackman, 2000 X-Men, like, I, I believe all of us felt the same way when I can say, fuck no, this is not my Wolverine. Um, and then he just – he made the role. As we know, he established that role to the point where X-Men movies that don't have Wolverine in them feel a little bit lost, um, Apocalypse being a prime example. Uh, and, and, and when he came – like, when he had his cameo in that movie, I was finally like, oh, a good part of this movie, yes. Um, <laughs> but he just really established that character over the, what, 14, 15 years that he got to play that character he really just brought that character to life in his own way because before that, Wolverine was a, a, a short, hunched-over, kind of bulky guy who was very cranky and had an accent and just wasn't ever having it. But, like, Hugh Jackman took some of those best qualities and made his own Wolverine out of that. And now when you think Wolverine, you think of both of those characters, and you really just think of them as one. So I, I got to go with my boy Hugh Jackman Whatever movie, the greatest showman shit, I I really don't appreciate that. Um, Especially after him coming off of Wolverine. I'm like, oh man, I can't, I cannot see my boy Wolverine just twirling around singing songs and shit. (laughs) Doesn't seem fun. But I'm not going to, there's people who like the movie. I just, I, I didn't see that movie for that fact. But now when you think Wolverine, you think Hugh Jackman and wow, Logan one of the best movies i've seen in the last three or four years i mean that wasn't even really like a superhero movie definitely more just like a western chase uh so just a great character all around the only i didn't really like x2 and or x3 excuse me and uh the wolverine origins was but wolverine in those movies was great so Hugh Jackman has just really proven to us that he was the wolf. He was made for the role, made for it, and made to establish a different kind of the role, and just did a great job, but y'all can't tell me when you first saw him, you were like, hold on, Wolverine ain't that pretty? <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, so kind of like a different direction for this, uh, this choice, because as we, as Leo has said, um, Hugh Jackman at this point is what we envision for our live-action Wolverine, and I will get. Logan was hands down like one of the best movies I've seen within the past years. It blew me away. I feel like um, a superhero movie. It was done in a very different style than we've seen other X Men movies, and we are continuing to see other X Men movies. So I, I really. Oh, God, Logan was so freaking
0: good. Um, but I just wanted to my... say, hmm. oh, my bad, Tia. Sorry, I thought you, you were taking a breath. I will say no. Logan was so good that it was the first comic book movie to be nominated for an Oscar outside of graphics, costumes, the kind of sidebar uh, categories. First one to be um, nominated for that adapted screenplay. that should have won screw Call Me By Your Name or whatever it was that one won. Screw that movie. Excuse me. Sorry. No. Uh, I completely agree with you, Leo. The fact that I didn't win was
1: just, like, disgusting because it, it wasn't... A t- the problem with, like, all these award shows, and um, I know that Black Panther just got nominated for an Oscar, which is great. Um, a great step in the right direction. But prior to that, it's like the Academy, anything, doesn't want to recognize these quote-unquote superhero movies, but, like, could you even really have looked at Logan in that sense? It was a story. It was this beautiful, beautiful tale. But my question um, for this is, you know, Hugh Jackman has essentially retired the role. I think Logan was a great way to go out. I almost don't want to see him come back, not because, you know, know, I'm tired of seeing Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, that's not the case. It's just because I thought that Logan was such a fantastic swan song for him. But with the Disney and Fox merger, and hopefully in the future we'll be able to see the X-Men getting integrated into the MCU a little more. I mean, who do we even think could be another Wolverine? Um, Leo, I'm going to go with you on that one first. Uh, I think we've
0: got a couple. Leo, you're the ones of that out my Sorry. bad guys, uh, the ones that I really think I enjoyed the most was uh, our boy Shia LaBeouf or um, Ke- Keanu, Reeves. Uh, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, uh, uh, <laughs> either one of those two were like my favorite candidates. Um, I thought Shia could play a good young Wolverine that's kind of still learning the ropes and stuff, or if you want to bring him back, Reeves could play a good older Wolverine and I just kind of like that Reeves has a ton of action experience I mean John Wick and Matrix are some of my favorite movies of all time so I would love to see him have the claws and he's even stated that he's down to do it but Shia LaBeouf something about like the way he looks and the way he can act I would be interested to see him Take the claws and, and be like a younger Wolverine. I don't know. What do you guys think?
1: Um, oh. I would buy Brittany really quick. I just wanted to get that out there. Um, I would see. Uh, and there's been fan art about it as well. Tom Hardy as Wolverine. Um, first of all, hmm. the,
0: actor,
1: the actor is not as tall as Hugh Jackman. I think like Hugh Jackman's like six foot four or something, and Tom Hardy's only about like five ten, which is not as short as Wolverine is uh in the comics and you know animated renditions but I think that he could pull off the beard first of all I think that he has like the the thick body for it so personally I would kind of see um uh Tom Hardy a little in that role I know that he's Venom but that's Sony even though it technically kind of is the MCU but not the MCU but uh That would be my choice. Uh, Brittany, do you have, like, anyone that you could see in the role of Wolverine? I'm going to say that was hard because as Leo was talking, I was like, man, that would be, like, I would give Shia a chance with that. I wouldn't mind that because especially with the the Sia video of Elastic Heart, you know, where he's very bearded and rough in that music. Yeah. Yeah, I I was like, oh, man, I could see that. I'm really excited. But then I'm also such a Tom Hardy stan that uh, that I'm like, here what he's doing. I I just want to see him in
0: a role. Um, I don't I know y'all. That... After Venom, I'm scared.
1: See, I like Venom, so I can't even like lie about that. But Lee, I, I just know. lost so much respect for you. It you know, people can have their opinions, and no, no, I I, do. I, I like Venom. Listen, did I think it's, like, the best superhero movie of all time? No. But I walked in there, especially after, you know, speaking with Chris so many times about it, um, with insanely low expectations, like, insanely low. It's like, I am literally just walking into Venom for the fan service with Tom Hardy. But I walked away thinking it wasn't that bad of a movie. I was like, you know what, okay, okay. You know, I see this. I see this. They definitely have improvements that they need to make with the second one um, but I honestly didn't think that it was that, that, bad. But that being said um, I would never consider Shia for this role but the way you guys are like typing it almost. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm almost curious if they gave him that role especially Brittany with what you said with him in a was it Elastic Heart, right? Yeah, it's an Elastic Heart. Yeah, he was great in that music video and he was rough and he was very physical in it and you know, maybe they need to give Shia a, a call. I don't know what he's doing right now. Um he kinda got a little weird again, you know, but uh that, that would be of himself with a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got my man Shia is a little strange, but that's okay. But yeah, Shia is Wolverine. That would be interesting. I think uh that would end up on another list very similar to this. But um, I, I think that was a great choice for number two, Leo, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Uh, we are coming down to the number one choice, and um, I'm kind of happy that no one has mentioned this yet because I can't wait to take it as number one. <laughs> <laughs> to me, this is what essentially inspired this list as I was sitting here thinking about it, and my number one choice is going to be Ledger as the Joker. Um,
0: because <laughs> ah. first of all I didn't want to take that I, from you Huh? I didn't want to take that one from you I um, know I heard Tia talk about I was like I know what she's going to go with <laughs> Leo
1: and Britney, such gentlemen here Um, but uh, you know I was a fan of Steve Ledger's even before uh, he played the Joker and I loved him in A Nice Tale, Brokeback Mountain uh, 10 Things I Hate About You But when I heard that they had casted him as the Joker, I was like, no way. It was like, listen, I love Keith, but he is a pretty boy. He's in these, you know, romantic movies. There's no way that he would, A, be able to fill uh, Jack Nicholson's shoes, and there's no way that he would be able to give us a believable Joker. And holy shit, was I wrong. I mean, when I, first of all, R.I.P. Heath Ledger. When I walked into uh, The Dark Knight and saw his performance, I had chills. That opening scene where he takes off the mask and he just introduces himself. But I believe whatever doesn't kill you simply makes you stranger. I mean, I got that as a tattoo afterwards because that was just such an epic freaking line. Um, and I, you know, it's so sad that, that, you know, we don't have Keith around anymore because I think that he could have given us another performance. I mean, Keith Ledger as the Joker is kind of what we, um, you know, look at as the Joker. Um, I know that not everyone was such a big fan of Jared Leto's Joker, and I think almost in part of that, and I could be wrong, but I think that a lot of people were comparing it to Keith's performance because so what you would not have expected him. I mean, the chaoticness, the, um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but even though, like, the makeup department obviously did his face paint, he always insisted on putting on the lipstick and smearing it up because he really wanted to embody that role, and it was just fucking fantastic. It's still one of the best performances um, in a comic book adaptation that I've ever seen, and I know that a lot of people may say that the only reason why he won an Oscar was because unfortunately he passed away. But I really think if there was someone who could have contended for that Oscar even while still alive, I think it's just because he's just so amazing. So that is my number one pick for this, uh, for this list. Um, Leo, what are your thoughts?
0: I mean, I have no arguments. Like when, when, when you, It sent me this list. I was like, all right, Heath Ledger. I'm like, all right, who else? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, just a fantastic actor all around. You know, I liked him in Brokeback Mountain. I didn't like the movie that much, but I did like him in that movie. Um, He was in The Patriot as well. Like just a great actor, but not he had done nothing like that. Um, And that was just like when you saw the joker you don't even think Keith ledger um it it pretty much is like all right the dark knight joker cuz he's so established um and and it's just that that performance made that movie the best superhero movie of all time in my eyes now i sure i'm sure everybody else has their preference but the dark knight i literally i walked out of that movie like holy shit what did i just watch um and there are very few movies that I sit through and I'm, I, I want to, like, <laughs> turn back to the projector and just go, roll the tape, roll it again. And that was one of them. Um, and, and I could just go back and watch that movie over and over. And every time I'm see- I see it, I'm, just, I'm upset that he's gone because it would have been cool to carry over that Joker into something else. Like, I mean, let's be real here. If that Joker had survived, we might not even have a DCEU right now. Uh, it might have been continuing off of that whole thing. But, alas, we did lose such a great actor. Um, and just, like, my favorite my favorite scene uh, of his was when he's walking out of the hospital and just blows it up. And <laughs> it doesn't work for a, a little while. And he just, like, throws it and it blows up. Like, that was just so cool. Um, and and I, I just, I loved that character. Like, that that Heath Ledger Joker made that movie for me. Now, is he my favorite Joker? No, but he is.
1: Hello? I'm still here. (laughs) Sorry, my Bluetooth kind of disconnected for a second. Can everyone hear me? Yes. Yes, we can.
0: Okay, cool. All right, Leo, you were saying? Oh, I was saying, like, Fantastic, phenomenal actor. I mean, oh, man, you think Joker, and again, it's a a Hugh Jackman thing. You think Joker, live action, that's the Joker you think of. Now, there are other ones. Uh, Definitely think of Jack Nicholson as well and uh, Cesar Romero. But, I mean, he just – he took the Joker and did something completely different to where – I can agree with some that, you know, he's not necessarily a joker out of the comics, but the one that he established is just such a great character. And it's, he's a favorite in pop culture now. And it's just top to bottom, great, great, great performance. And I didn't even know about the lipstick thing. That's really dedication.
1: Yeah. I mean, Heath Ledger just really, you know, took that role, And ran with it. Um, Another little fun fact that scene, Leo, that you had been talking about a little earlier with him walking away from the hospital and it not working at first, that, that was authentic. That really, it was meant to explode the first time he, uh, you know, pressed the button and it didn't, and Heath Ledger just stayed in character while figuring it out, and so that when it exploded, and he did that little hop and a skip. That was that was real because it was like, oh, okay, now it's exploded. Okay. But, um, just, just a great, great performance. Um, you know, Brittany, what are what are your thoughts? I would say, like, for me, Heath Ledger, you know, was. 10 Things I Hate About You, which my mom loved that movie. Like, watch it once a week, type loved it. And so, whenever watching it, and everybody was like, oh, Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger, I was like, every time I watch that movie, I can't see Heath Ledger's face in it. Like, even the part where he wears no makeup and he's, you know, pretending to be the cop, I don't see Heath Ledger. I'm like, where is he? It doesn't feel like him at all. So, he just, he entirely made that character his own, where you it made you kind of like disassociate, where you're like, dang Heath Ledger, you really got into a character for this, especially like Tia said, he was always doing the romantic comedies, he played the bad boy, he played the pretty boy, you know, he was always that, but not, you know, a murderous uh, psychopath that makes people decide on two boats who dies, so it was very different but very welcomed and it is sad that we don't get more of him to be more surprised by the roles he's taking you know i was trying to think of the word for it i wish he was still around to give us that same surprise with it because the joker i remember i was terrified i went and saw it with a friend and she was like can we leave I said, What? <laughs> she goes, This is horrifying. Why are we here? You know, this Wait. isn't Batman and I said, It's it's Batman in all its greedy glory, honestly. And she's like, Why isn't this rated R? And I'm like, Yeah, i don't know but this is great the joker was definitely scary and even like watching people try to do stuff with that character i feel like they don't grasp the same like character as Heath ledger did like it's very hard to replicate yeah i mean he's just there's so many great like scenes in of his in that movie i love when he you know Tells the people on the boat to figure out which boat he's going to explode. It was just him and Christian Bale. They had an amazing rapport with each other throughout the whole entire movie. Um, and again, Heath Ledger's performance is exactly what inspires this list. And I'm really happy that we were able to put him as the number one because I can't picture anyone else for the number one. So I, I think we have a great list today. I'm gonna to go over it one more time before we give our little honorable mention. So again, this is the top ten roles you didn't expect an actor to excel in. And the number ten is John Bernthal as Sam Rossi in Sweet Virginia. The number nine is Paul Rudd in Ant-Man. Eight is Charlie Cox in Daredevil. Seven is Pablo Schreiber as William Lewis in SVU. Six is Shia LaBeouf in Fury Number five is Harry Styles in Dunkirk. Number four is Nikolaj coster Waldo in Shot <laughs> I'm never going to say that right. Um, number three is Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible Fallout. Number two is Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. And number one is Heath Ledger as the Joker. Um, re- it's it's great that actors can really transform themselves because, unfortunately, we really do typecast them um in certain roles and i mean it it has to be frustrating as an actor sometimes to be typecasted i kind of view it as it it must be nice because they're always going to get work but then at the same time you know actors primarily get into the field because they want to explore different characters so it's nice when they're given the chance to do so um, we do have a little bit of time, so I'm going to kind of, like, shoot over and ask what some honorable mentions you guys had. Leo, did you have anyone else on your list that you didn't get to speak about today?
0: Um, I'll, I'll just go with one for now because there was one more that I had that was just on the tip of my tongue. But um, Michael B. Jordan is Killmonger, uh, he's always in a uh, protagonist role. I don't think before that he had been, ever been an antagonist. Um, so to see him just be so kind like so ferocious and and evil and just I mean, just out for blood and so like hell bent on vengeance against his family was pretty effing impressive. Um, not to mention it was like a lot of the Marvel villains that had been that had come in had just kind of had this like machine shop uh motivation to where it was like, Oh, I just I'm going to take over the world. Like Ultron was very much like a, well, I just want the cyborgs to be better than the human. like that's, that's something that we've already heard before, but for him to come in with a motivation, that's almost convincing um, in terms of whose side you're on, pretty damn good acting. Um, him and Ryan Coogler just have this magic together that with the both of them on any movie, he can do anything. Um, so I, I, I definitely want to put Michael B. Jordan on a, Honorable mention for that, because I think, I mean, before that Fruitvale Station, Creed, that awkward moment. um, And those are movies where he was a villain. Uh, So just great first time as a villain and a great performance as an MCU villain overall, because we know how weak those villains are.
1: Um do we know so I know that his character was killed off in you know Black Panther but we are getting a sequel and do we know if like there's going to be any way that they can try and like fit him back in because let's admit you know Loki's died a thousand times but yet you know Tom Hiddleston keeps popping back up as Loki so do we know if there's any plans of reviving Killmonger at all
0: Um not to my knowledge uh I don't think he's Coming back, per se, my theory uh, for Avengers Endgame is that Thanos is going to form a new Black Order, and he's going to pull some of the former villains from the MCU in, and Killmonger could be one of those. But I, I don't think there's plans for him to be in Black Panther 2 uh, thus far. I've, there's rumors going around, but I'm not entirely sure. Would love, love for Doctor Doom to be the villain of, the, of Black Panther too, just throwing that out there.
1: Oh, well, you know, Marvel, if you're listening, let's consider some things, all right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Brittany, do you have any honorable mentions that you want to throw out there? I know this one's kind of odd, but Robert Downey Jr. for Iron Man, because he, he had had a lot of issues before, Ooh. you know, and mm-hmm. not that I didn't think he wouldn't do great, at the role, but how great he did do. Because like Tia said earlier, the whole Marvel universe rested on his shoulders. He is the reason that we got everything else with just his, like, rendition. And even, like, you watch the new animated movies now, they all look like Robert Downey Jr. Before, you know, he he matched the character so perfectly and you saw it before you know he had had his issues before and it was like he was getting back into mainstream and i remember watching iron man and i was like even now i can't imagine anybody else playing iron man i can't imagine anybody would have ever done it better so the fact that it just took me back where i was like yeah i expected him to do good but i didn't expect him to just be like the forefather
0: of our uh like marvel universe movies so for Brittany, me, bring i bring up a my bad I'll, I'll let you finish. I'm sorry,
1: no, you're good. I was just finishing up anyway.
0: You bring up a really good point in that the like Robert Downey Jr, Chris Evans, and Chris Hemsworth really established the characters that they played um in that like Iron Man is Robert Downey Jr at this point um Captain America is Chris Evans. Like they're very much modeling the characters after these act Yeah, I think that you know, like them. Like
1: I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was just like, when you look at them, you're like, oh look, it's comic book char- characters come to life. <laughs> Yeah, they really have, like, established um, what we know as the MCU. And it's going to be super interesting when they retire these characters. Um, you know, I I don't know if we're going to see Robert Downey Jr. back as Iron Man. I don't know if we're going to see uh, Chris Evans back as Captain America. I know that he, you know, said that he... Um, did his last uh, stint but then all of a sudden all these other reports came that no he's not finished blah 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 but Chris uh, Hemsworth has expressed that he would like to play Thor again so what goes on further who knows Um, as far as like an honorable mention that I kind of wanted to throw out there and Brittany this is the uh, mention that I said that uh, Paulie kind of told me as one of those like you know I'll keep it in my back pocket just in case. Um, yeah. Brian Cran- Brian Cranston as Walter White on Breaking Bad. Uh, oh you man. Know, Coming off of Malcolm in the Middle and what we've probably you know seen him as prior, and then all of a sudden to just be like this bad ass in Breaking Bad, and I, I think that a lot of people who probably grew up with Malcolm in the Middle didn't expect uh, Cranston to really transform the role that he did in a, in Breaking Bad. So that kind of I want to throw that out there really just to have it on air. I love that man. That's I'm sorry. Perfect. I just have to, like, tell everybody how much I love him because I love Malcolm <laughs> in the Middle. He's such a goofy, kind man and it's like, oh, uh, playing Walter White, it's like, oh, you're kind of turning into a monster. Where, where's my dad from Malcolm in the Middle? What happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so happy Yeah, and with now he's now he was in a uh, Sneaky Pete as uh, the bad guy Vince. So you know Brian Cranston got range. He has, he definitely has range. But um, guys, I think that this was an amazing uh, list. Um, I think you know we kind of covered everything that we needed to cover. I want to give you guys the chance to you know promote yourselves. You know where we can find you at Leo. I'm going to start with you. You know, tell us about what you've been doing and what you've been kind of you know pushing want to give you the platform for that
0: uh i'll let ladies
1: go first Brittany. <laughs> oh no i'm on the spot okay well on uh, both instagram and twitter you can find me under uh Brittany underscore hegel which the hegel is h-e-i-g-l-e not like Catherine Heigel. But, uh, yeah, you can find me there, and maybe one day I'll make my own YouTube channel, and then eventually you can find me there, too, doing some uh, video games. So that's about it for me. Yeah, Brittany uh, is kind of our resident uh, video games uh, news person on Geek Vibes Nation. I'm sorry, guys, I'm just not really a video games person, so that's why we have amazing people like Brittany on the team, Um you know, Leo, so now it. it now it's your turn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Leo Rydell. Uh I run a company called Geekly Goods and we center a lot of our attention on arts education. We find it to be very important. And when you think budget cuts, uh the first thing that actually goes is some kind of art class, whether it's painting, drawing, whatever, what have you. It could be music sometimes. Unfortunately in my case, Um, But we really like to give back to the arts, so we have started a web store to donate uh, funds from that to arts education funds and funds that support arts education. We also do create YouTube videos and blog posts. We do our own content based on all things geek, so that's tech, pop culture, geek, uh, comic, movies, uh, video games. We're actually going to do a live uh, gameplay for Kingdom Hearts 3 on Tuesday. Uh, And just came off of doing a Punisher discussion and guys, come on over. You can find us online at geeklygood.com or you can find us on Geekly Goods and YouTube or Geekly Goods on Instagram. And guys, we just talk all things geek and we invite you guys to do the same
1: absolutely um still waiting on my uh Punisher hoodie leo just to let you know um <laughs> yeah,
0: it's on the way i'm on and you
1: and as always i'm your host tia i um am uh, a writer on Geek vibes nation i also do obviously the top 10 uh if you head over to gvnation.com you can not only check out my articles but plenty of our discussions uh, me and the boys at GVN on Friday kind of did a Punisher talk as well so you could also check that out you know mine n. And- Leo to get all of the goods for punisher season two if you are a fan of such things as amazon loot crate and funko pop you could also check out gvn nation because we have affiliated codes which is awesome um anyone who knows me knows that i have a million and one pop dolls in my room so anyone who's a fan of those like me head over there for your affiliated code but guys as always, I appreciate when you guys hop on and join me for these discussions. They're always a lot of fun. Thank you, Leo. Thank you, Brittany. Um, definitely check both of them out. They're awesome people. And thank you for joining me for this top ten. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye.